we welcome you to another Drive Back the Night special. A little bit different format for us this evening. Ryan couldn't be here to help me do the beginning and the end uh, to set up this interview that we have with our special guest, Brent State. But we were able to sit down together uh, a few weeks ago and actually have an interview with Brent State. And he talks with us about uh, how he gets started in acting, uh, coming from Manitoba all the way to his acting career to Andromeda. And he gets into a lot of detail into his how he was able to help develop and then spend time as the character of Rev Bim. And even gives us some, some behind the scenes, um, a, little bit of the, a little bit of his experience on, on the set there. Of Andromeda, so it's a great interview. We were really happy to be able to speak with him, and very uh, gracious with his time. And so now, here you, as the listener, you get to enjoy this interview with Brent State. Uh, we're joined here by uh, Brent State, um, Rev Bim from the from the television show Andromeda. Uh, thank you for for coming on here and talking with us for a little bit. You're welcome. Um, you know, I guess uh, I guess first few questions, a little bit of background. Um, uh, we understand you were born in uh, Manitoba and uh, grew up along the Saskatchewan. Um, what was it really that that led you into uh, to getting into acting from that point? Oof, I don't, that's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know, really. I always just wanted to be an actor, and uh, I spent most of my youth, you know, I was up in northern Manitoba, uh, playing hockey in the winter and baseball in the summer, mostly hockey, stuff like that, and, uh, I don't know, watching television and in the winter, <laughs> nothing else to do, mm. and I just, I don't know, I just always kind of wanted to be an actor. I never participated in high school, though. I started after I went to um, university in uh, to an acting program hmm. mm-hmm. um, in Toronto, Ryerson Theater School. Yeah, that's kind of how I got going. Yeah, so so it was just in the blood from the start, then, huh? Yeah, I just, uh, I just, I don't know. It was sort of a weird thing in grade twelve. I just decided, you know what? I want to be an actor. I'm going to go do it. So I kind of packed everything up and went to Banff School of Fine Arts, and then I went off to Toronto after that. Yeah, <laughs> so it's well, kind of an impulse. I, just, just as a so, so from where you're at there, I mean, basically the options were, what, farming, hockey, or actor? <laughs> uh, well, there were no actors. There's a couple now, a couple of good ones, young guys coming out of there um, since. But when I left, there was no actors from there at all. Nobody, I mean, it was not a thing you could entertain. I mean, it was, you know, 19, what, 79, I think, 1979. And it was basically, there was a Mines and Flimflon and a lumber mill in the Palm, Manitoba. And that was kind of it. Or, or, or trades. There was lots of trades work. My brother's electrician. My nephew's electrician. My dad's mechanic. Those are the kind of things they did. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you either stay and, you know, or you leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, so that took you over Vancouver way first after after you got out of university? Vancouver kind of uh, – no, I went, I went to uh, – Ryerson, I got out of Ryerson. I went to Stratford Shakespearean Festival in Ontario. Okay. With three seasons there. I did a couple seasons with Eric McCormick and a season with David Elliott. You know, David James Elliott? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was at Stratford. We were all from the same theater school. 
Okay. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so we all did Shakespeare after for a while. And then I went from, yeah, back to Toronto to do some, I got into film after that, film and television. Right, right. Yeah. That's, yeah, and that kind of brings up the next question we wanted to ask you, because, I mean, Ryan and I, we, we were, you know, growing up there in the 90s and had an affinity for a lot of the TV that we watched uh, from that time period. Now, you yeah. actually were able to do one of the television shows that we actually talk about, have talked about mm-hmm. on this podcast, uh, which is The Commish. We both grew up oh, loving yeah. that show. Mm-hmm. And so I have to ask you, uh, what do you remember from your time? You did a couple of guest spots on that uh, Yeah, that I did a couple show. spots, yeah. Uh, what was that like working was, with that crew? It was a fun show. Um a lot of fun. My first one was awesome. I had a real great time on the first one I did. Uh, it was, I can't even remember, I think it was John Piper Ferguson and myself, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think that we were brothers or something. We took a judge and his wife hostage or something. Is that the one? I think that's it. I can't remember. There's so many times, but I think that was it. And I had a lot of fun because Michael Chiklis was a great guy to work with. Yeah, that's what, that's and, what, uh, yeah. What's that? Well, I was just going to say, it, it, because Chicklis, he's gone on to do a lot of varied things, and I'm just wondering your impression of him. Is he as awesome as he seems like uh, from what we yeah, see on screen? Yeah, he is. I know him personally as well, you know? Oh, great. Um, cause, yeah, because uh, uh, there's another actor named Jason Scott, Sh- or Jason Stombing, who, uh, who was on the commission as a regular. Okay. And Jason and I were friends, and uh, so I get to know Michael a little more personally as well. I, I you know, I visited him down in Los Angeles with Jason a couple times, and... Um, <clears throat> so I went to his place and started had you know, He's a really nice guy. Okay. Great. And uh, when I went through my Andromeda stuff, actually, uh, we had a little chat about it because he had just done uh, Fantastic Four, right, as a big a rock guy. So yeah. he understood my thing because <laughs> that was sometime after. And he said, wow, man, I understand now what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, those suits, unless you've actually done the suit, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, you can't really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all are, y'all are kind yeah. of alums in the prosthetics uh, experience, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're, it's a different way of working when you're wearing one of those, for sure. Because you're totally covered up, right? Yeah. It's hot. Really hot. So uh, besides uh, the commish, you know, you've also been in um, the X-Files, Stargate SG-1, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the 4400, mm-hmm. and obviously Andromeda as well. Um, yeah. Would you say that uh, doing all those roles, would you say that you are a sci-fi fan? Yeah, I like sci-fi. I like most, uh, like, um, I like sci-fi, I like fantasy, I like drama comedies but I, yeah i really like sci-fi and i really like uh it's fun to do and i really like fantasy i haven't had much opportunity to do like lord of the rings or those kind of shows or you know i got a i got to do one kind of robin hood sci-fi medieval thing it's called uh into the woods or if you're sherwood forest or something like that um what's it called beyond sherwood it's called it's about the only chance I got to do the, the fantasy thing, but there's a big dragon in it and stuff, and <clears throat> things like that. But yeah, I like the sci-fi. It's fun. Because you get to do, all the, you know, to do pushing the envelope kind of things. It's not just regular daily life type events, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warp space and <laughs> continuums and black holes and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. So getting more specifically to Andromeda itself... What led to your getting that role 
of Rev Bim for the Andromeda series? Um, well, they had auditions here, right? And um, I went in for the audition, and again, I was with my friend Jason <laughs> something, and I said, I want to do something a little different. I don't want him to sound like an another English guy, very proper English guy with an accent, right? I want to do something a little different. I want to, you know, I want to come up with a, a voice that I can actually do if I if I get it, you know. Because sometimes you go in with a voice for a character and you can't sustain it for that long because it, it hurts. Yeah. After a while, mm-hmm. so I just uh, kind of um, it was a funny audition because I wore a hoodie and I didn't show my face. I kind of covered my face up as much as I could and uh, put my hands inside my sleeves and then I did most of the acting with my face down so they could only really hear me. They could see me, but they couldn't, you know, because it didn't matter what I looked like anyway. Is this is this like you're doing this for camera or you're just standing in front of them? Yeah, that was my audition when I went in. Okay. And then what you do is they you have your audition and then they look at it. Okay. And then uh, was uh, Kevin actually, Sorbo, who cast me. Really? Okay. He was looking at me and said, that guy. Huh. Yeah. So he, he always says that. He says, I cast you. <laughs> <laughs> so he was watching the tapes on the, you know, they, they watch the tapes, the producers and the directors, and the, and he had a say on who got cast, I guess. So he said, I don't want that guy. Okay. So, well, that's cool. Thanks. I thank Kevin for that job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So with, uh, that was fun. So with uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf um, really uh, developing the show, what sort of direction did you get from him, or maybe some of the other writers, as far as um, really what uh, Rev Bim needed to be? Uh, well, a lot from Robert because he was like he was at the ground level; it was his baby, right? Yeah. As far as I knew, anyway, and um, he had lots of good ideas, and um, the show took a different turn, as you know, mm-hmm. than when we first started out. Supposed to be a deeper arc and a whole kind of um, that whole kind of um, Bible, you know, where the show was going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't actually go there; it didn't go that way. You know, it became more as I remember mean, when I was off the show and I started watching. They kind of went off and got individual episodes instead of arcs and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember the first two seasons? There was a through line all the way through, and it was all connected. So if you missed a couple, you kind of got what lost a bit, what was going on, right? And so then they made them, the, each one was, as they went along, they became more episodic, I thought, anyway, but I wasn't on the show at that point. So I think it lost, the, the, or the through line of the show changed, and Robert's original through line was really cool, of where they go and who was who and what they were trying to do. And the character of Rev was really interesting guy because of where he was going on his journey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to struggle, struggle with the whole dark side of his nature, to overcome that. You yeah. know, I found that was a, a really good, really interesting to me. Um, to overcome that dark, the dark side of the soul that he always has to constantly, you know, mm-hmm. fight with, I found fascinating because that's his true nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. His true nature is not peace and love and all that. He has to work and fight to maintain that. And his dark side is actually his kind of instinctive nature, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was fun. And the writers were great because anything I brought in, like um, the walking staff, I said, I want a walking staff. So, you know, the stick I always used when I was fighting mm-hmm. and stuff? Right. That was kind of my idea because I wanted it to be like a, like him to be a Buddhist kind of wanderer. I thought, well, what kind of weapons would he have, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And that's so we got that, and we got a a little meditation, a Buddhist. They built a little Buddhist meditation seat for him. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. That was neat. Buddha beads, you know, just different kind of um, some Taoist influence. So you really got to to do a lot to shape kind of the image and 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 the character himself. Um, we we did we we got a chance to interview uh, Ethley and Ver. And she asked us to to talk to you about what you might remember about the history of the Magog. Is there anything there um, that you can relate that that maybe we didn't get on the show? From the show line or my history of the Magog? (laughs) Well, Uh, that's the thing. She was a little – she was not uh, terribly descriptive. She just (laughs) said, ask him about the history of the Magog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, well – Physically, the history of the Magog changed quite a bit, right? I mean, we went through a lot of different changes of um, metamorphosis, almost, of Rev in, in the makeup and that kind of stuff. When we first started out, holy man, the feet and were a nightmare. Oh, the yeah. hands were a nightmare. I couldn't pick up anything. <laughs> so, of course, it was all new for those guys, too. So they started to make the, the, the molds thinner so that I could work the hands and use the hands and use the feet, you know? My knees were killing me because these things rolled my feet out to the right, or to each side of the outside of my foot. So it put a lot of pressure on my knees. So they got me orthotics and we had to work the feet out and that kind of thing. So physically, there was a, a lot of history there in uh, the building of kind of what Rev was going to look like. Okay. You know, and lots of different makeup stuff. Holy moly. Lots of different <laughs> makeup um, tests and stuff, you know. And um, the history of the Magog, of the Magog though, of the of the um, the actual race is that what she was implying? I'm not quite sure because there's a. Well, I, I think that's what she was talking about. Was was yeah, that how the the backstory of the Magog, and she oh. seemed to indicate that you might be able to relate that. If not, that's fine. <laughs> well, I, the thing is how how a Rev came to be. Like the history of the Magog is the Magog are a, like a like a warrior race, right? Like they yeah. you have to they have to kill their own food to eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't know if it was shown on like, a couple episodes, I think, where there's like a fish tank in the, on the on the uh, ship. Right, he ate the and salmon. And Rev would eat his own stuff because he mm-hmm. has to kill it to eat it, right? And there's a whole episode where he tries to eat wafers and stuff and gets real sick. Yeah. Right, yeah. Almost dies. <laughs> yeah. Because that's their nature. But he doesn't, he, he is actually, um, if I recall, um, oh man, how did it go? There was a priest, his mentor, Rev's mentor, who changed him, was a priest, and he ended up, I think, oh, I don't want to take you down the wrong path here, but... Thaddeus? Um, yeah, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Thaddeus, yeah. Thaddeus, Thaddeus, Thaddeus yeah. yeah, and and, uh, and he changes Rev and helps Rev to become, but Rev is not your typical Magog. Right. Typical Magog, you know, um, uh, lay eggs inside the body of sentient beings, and then, you know, that's how they hatch, and they eat their way out like a spider. Yeah, that's how they breed, right? So you're going to kill your host anyway, yeah. <laughs> in, in the end. So, so that that's their their uh, lineage, and they're a hive, I believe. Too, I, I'm having a hard time remembering because it's a long time now. <laughs> yeah, but well, I, it, I I didn't know if there was something kind of behind the scenes, maybe that she was asking us to 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 prompt mm-hmm. you about. But if not, that's that's fine. Yeah, I, I can't I can't put my finger on it specifically. Okay. Except that, that there was a lot of uh, different makeup journeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, as as viewers in watching the show, Rev really 
he seemed to be that that genuine personality, the very warm, very much the the wise man uh, for the crew to to turn to. Did you find that to be a role that was easy for you to to kind of settle into in that character? Yeah, I did actually. Um, yeah, because uh, it's interesting too when you do a, the makeup and nobody sees you. I just worked with David Winning. You know, David. You directed a few of the Andromedas. We actually got an email from him. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well, we just finished a film together like last week. Wow. Right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we it's called Under Fire, and David directed, and I'm in it. Andrea Bowen, you know her from uh, Desperate Housewives. Um, she, she played the daughter. I, she's the star. Anyway, okay. so we would be ta- just talking a lot about Andromeda and things that he directed a lot of them, right? So, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Ask me the question again. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, was, was it a role, you know, reacting to the other cast oh, yeah. members? Was it a, and an that's, what, that's what we were talking about was that uh, because you're in the suit, people never see you, right? right they right. don't really see your face. You come in as Rev, and so they kind of treat you as Rev. Like, it's different, like, when you go to the Crafty or you go to lunch with Kevin or with Lisa you know, or, or Gord, or whoever you're with, and uh, they're having lunch. Now they're actors in costume having lunch, but Rev is kind of always Rev. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't, you, they never see you differently. Right. So you kind of take on that a bit, you know? And I'm a bit messy anyway when I work, for the most part. So a lot of the time between takes, I just wander over to my chair, and I'd be very calm. I, I have to focus like that, so I would be doing that, you know? Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I also I read a lot about um, I, I'm kind of like uh, I like different kind of um, I'm not a religious guy, but I like to read about religions and different uh, backgrounds of it. I like the Tao is a, a big one for me and uh, read a lot of different types of Buddhism and, you know, uh, just a lot of different things I like to explore that way. It's good for characters and stuff, right? Right, yeah. And uh, a lot of... Uh, Jungian psychology, so the whole aspect of the shadow self, I, I, I thought, hmm, this is, would be really good for Rev, you know, his dark side versus his light side. So he's always trying to maintain that calm because he wants to help other people, mm-hmm. right? He's a, he's a spiritual warrior, if you want to. That was kind of the idea I went with. It's interesting to bring up that uh, everyone else, they kind of became themselves, uh, but, but you're in the suit, so you're always Rev, um, yeah. But when you when you came out of the suit, did you notice a difference, or did you perceive a difference uh, on how you were how you were treated by others, whether you were in the suit or not? Um, not the uh, you know even the regular characters like uh, Laura used to come in and see me every morning before she got turned purple and before I turned uh, into Rev kind of thing. <laughs> so we'd see each other in the morning at three in the morning or whatever. But everybody else came at eight or seven. So I would already be in the costume, right? Mm. So a lot of the times they like to get in early a bit. Some of them like, you know, a bit early so they could see me before I'd go in, you know, or, or after. Because it would take them a minute or two to adjust. To go, oh, yeah, Brent, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you rev, you know? <laughs> I mean, one guy was interesting. I was at uh, I was at uh, London, no, where was I? I was someplace in an electronics shop. I remember I was looking at computers and stuff, and I was purchasing something, and this guy said, hey, man, you're, you're like, you're Rev Bam, right? Brent because I signed the thing, and he said, I said, yeah, and a guy behind me, this older African-American gentleman, he went, I thought Rev Bam was a black guy. You're Rev Bam? 
<laughs> I said, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> so it was kind of good, though, because Rev could be whoever you wanted. Like, Rev was Rev, right? Yeah. Even this, like, I, don't think, say, I don't think anybody associates me with that character who doesn't know that I played it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like... So if I, I go, oh, yeah, I was like, you and Rep Band? Really? See, they don't know that. <laughs> I mean, if you saw Gordy, you'd go, oh, yeah, you and Harper. <laughs> but they don't know who I am. Uh, so. Yeah, I, my, my son... Uh, when I was told when I told him uh, the other day I was going to be interviewing Rev Bim, he kind of looked at me like, "Oh, you want to do that?" <laughs> he, the, the concept of the actor is different to him. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in talking yeah. about, it was a fun character to play, though. Sorry, I, I was just going to say that's the thing that we notice is, you know, even though you're behind the prosthetics and everything, um, you could see it in your eyes. I don't. I don't know if you've been told that before. I'm sure you have. Your well, that was eyes an interesting are... thing. Yeah, go because ahead. Because they wanted me to wear contacts, right? When we first went, we first started. Really? I said, no, guys. You know, you're going to kill me here. I got. It's <laughs> the only part of me that you can see is my eyes, and I'm going to have a lot of expression, and the contacts going to kill it, right? Yeah. yeah. So they said, okay, no contacts. So I, I lucked out there. They, they let me have no contact. Yeah, because, be because I think that's, you know, that is the one thing that we've actually talked about on this show is is how much we're getting from Rev Bim just in being able to make, make eye contact with you, the actor. You know, is, is, is there so much being said beyond just the dialogue? Well, my mother swears, I don't know, uh, she, my mother passed away a couple of years ago, but she always used to say what you watch, she goes, I can always, I always knew it was you because I could see your eyes. <laughs> I go, come on, mom, really? <laughs> there you go. She go, nope, I'm telling you. So there you go. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Now, ultimately, though, the suit did lead to trouble for you, and eventually... Yeah, it was my demise in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was too, um, the problem was, because I think because of the new show, and I was new to sci-fi, like I've since gone on and did uh, I did that Michael part for the on, on the race on uh, what was that what, Stargate the Atlantis thing yeah right yeah. yeah the actor had some problem or something guys his wife was getting having a baby or something so he couldn't come up and I'm the same height and weight and they knew me so they called me and said hey Brent would you do this thing okay and play this this Michael the race right okay so I went in it was quite a heavy process but. Nothing like Rev. <laughs> Nothing like Rev. But uh, but at that point, too, I also was aware of, hey, I know how this works now. And I said, what kind of, you know, what is that you're putting on my face? And what's this stuff? And what's that? I know prosthetics now, right? Yeah. But at the time, I didn't with Rev. I mean, I got nobody's fault, really. I got burned. Hmm. I got a chemical dermatitis on my face because chemicals got mixed or used twice. Hmm. It wasn't... The guy's fault, it was the applicator, not my applicator. It was a girl that they had in who was just starting. She didn't really quite know what she was doing that much, and she kind of burned me. Not her fault, really, just, you know, mm -hmm. stuff happens, right? Like, things like the feet were weird. And so we had to go through a process of, you know, finally I got uh, the guy who did my prosthetics all the time, which was great, because he knew my face, and he knew, uh, and he was quick, and, you know, and he was really good. But, yeah. um... Now, can I, can I uh, ask you... Was it specifically, was it just the type of chemicals and you just reacting to it? Or was it just... No, it wasn't really the... It wasn't like... Uh, they said that I had a chem... Uh, that, that I had an allergy to it, which I don't. <laughs> but sometimes when you're... that You know, they just had to put something out there and say, like, Brent left the show because... And I really didn't want to talk about it, too. It's like, the thing is that I, I, I kind of had a bit of a meltdown, really. I don't mm. talk about that much. But just because they worked me a lot in it. You know, like mm -hmm. like now, if I went to do a show, I would have in my contract certain limitations. 
Okay. I said, you can't work me in this suit five days in a row. And you can't keep me in the suit after I put it on for more than, say, 10 hours or something, right? Okay, yeah. Because it, the thing with the suit is that it was the latex, but it wasn't just that. It was that first suit was really, really hot. Yeah. Like, I could drink three big bottles, four or five big bottles of Gatorade in a day and never go to the bathroom. Ooh. Because mm-hmm. it just sweated out. Sometimes I sweat right through the prosthetics. We'd have to do touch-ups because I'm sweating through it. Because I did all my own fighting in that suit. All the fighting scenes, I do it. I had worked out a kind of a Wing Chun style with uh, um, the fight coordinator, right? The, the martial arts guy. And uh, so we kind of worked uh, Wing Chun style because it's a circular style with ha- the hands, you know? And mm-hmm. Rev had the claws. So if you notice, a lot of the time the, the, the movements are... A circular movement, so it's kind of based loosely on a Wing Chun style, right? Which is also kind of a style that maybe, you know, Shaolin monks might have used as well. So we had that in there. But but so I did all my own fighting. So, you know, you try to do jump kicks in that suit with those feet, and you have to fight five or six guys, and you have to, you know, and every second you get in the touch-up because you're constantly, you know, usually as an actor you go and you do your scene and you go and you stand around with the folks and have a little cheese chat, get them to drink of water or look at your stuff or whatever. I was constantly being touched. There wasn't a second where they weren't poking my face or what stuff. And then I have to go, look, at. I need a minute. You know? yeah. <laughs> There's like four people on you all the time. Yeah, I can, I can understand so, that. <laughs> and, but it was the suit because I just, uh, I got, I was too tired. I'd get up at three in the morning and go to work. Sometimes I didn't get home what, nine or ten at night sometimes. Yeah. And I'd be back there at 3 in the morning again. It wasn't always like that, but uh, it was also just the way uh, that the schedule worked and stuff, right? So had I known, had I known, I would have just, uh, I would have lasted longer, <laughs> you know, if uh, there'd be more space between the days and stuff, mm. I think, yeah. So, because it's weird being in the cover to head to toe all the time like that. It's claustrophobic in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, we've, we've kind of learned a little bit about the process from talking with the, some of the different writers from the show. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes things just uh, – they just get cut uh, and left. Um, they, they don't get developed. Are there some things that, uh, that, that should have happened with Rev Bim's character that, that were going to happen, but maybe things that we never got to see on screen, uh, things that you would have liked to have seen happen with Rev Bim? Um. Yeah, I think some of the, uh, I think, so, like, uh, I think I would have liked to have seen uh, the relationship develop with uh, Laura's character, with Trance. I think that would have been, I think that would have been a, a really interesting thing, because have you talked to Laura? We have not had character? a chance to yet. No, you got to chat with her, because she has a very interesting character, and where that character was supposed to go. Well, right? I, I don't mean to, to take advantage of, of talking with you here, but if you can help us make that happen, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> Well, the show is no longer, so I had heard that um, Laura's character was a bit of um, uh, an enigma. Nobody knew where she was and stuff like that, and whether she has was actually, was um, well, there was some in, kind of, she was supposed to be a, like an entity uh, uh, of a higher order, right? Right. Mm-hmm. She was there on the ship and stuff, but nobody really knew who she was or what she was, and she was actually... I, if I correct, I don't want to get this wrong. You have to ask Laura, but I think she was supposed to be guiding this group towards something, 
is what I kind of understood from, but they were pretty tight-lipped about where they were going with that. So I thought, oh, you know, I always wanted to try and have a, a deeper kind of uh, relationship with trans. Plus, you know, she was the other creature. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so. I read, too, I think, where he was supposed to go. Um, I liked the whole idea of where they, when I came back and I did some extra, I came back for a bit and I did the episodes where he transforms, jumps off the, into the abyss, hmm. and he comes back and then they find him in a cave. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I they don't. Find. This is all spoiler for Ethan, me. Ethan hasn't seen this yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You haven't <laughs> no. watched it all. No, it's okay. I, I haven't. Oh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan's the one that talked me into do it. But no, it's it's good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Just this is this is kind oh, of outside okay. the I'll timeline. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't bother. No, don't worry about spoilers. So it's it's been it's been what fifteen thirteen years. years since this has all happened. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it yet, that's your fault, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I liked the way they were going that way. You know. Mm-hmm. It was just they they kind of did that to get me out of the suit. It was an interesting idea and, and concept. Well, have you have but, you gone uh, back to watch any of the uh, the episodes um, now that we're? No, I haven't. You know, I I I, I haven't watched. Okay. Any of them? Well, <laughs> I, I, I'll ask anyway. Is there a particular episode or scene that you can remember doing that you thought I really this I enjoyed this? Is there anything that stands oh, I out enjoyed, to you? The thing was like. I got to tell you honestly, if it hadn't been for that, that the suit was so tiring and hard to wear, I would have never left. I loved playing that. Okay. There was stuff I didn't get to play that I knew was coming up that I just, I was just burned out. I was tired, right? I couldn't, I just, you know, yeah. I was worn out. But, uh, um, yeah, there's a, there's lots of stuff I that I really like. I like the, uh, um, <laughs> I, I like the, the episode where um, we go out to the fort and we're in the woods. And I meet my my mentor. Yeah, that episode I I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, so it's funny, you know. It, you know, it's, I look like a Sasquatch, right? <laughs> In the thing. So there's the only episode that that we went on location, or that I did anyway. Okay. I don't think okay. they did much location. So it was all in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. that episode we went we went out to a fort, an old fort, and we did an on location shoot. Do you remember the name of the place? Because that, that is that is the weirdest thing is I cannot find any references to where some of these exterior shots were were filmed at. I know they were around Vancouver, but you know, yeah, it's Fort Langley. Maybe there's only a couple of forts around here. I don't want to again. I think that's where it was, Fort Langley. Yeah, we'll just keep it a mystery then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think that's where it was. But anyway, there's woods around there. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin and I, for a joke, said. Take the cape off. I guess I had that orange cape, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I took the cape off, and I just had the first, you know, I was fully rev, but I took the cape off, and I went out off the set into the woods, <laughs> and because people hike and walk on those trails, right? <laughs> so I was hiding behind the woods, and some guy saw me, and I dipped in, and he was like, oh my, you know, people were like, oh my, pointing, and I was whipping through the trees, like doing a Sasquatch thing, you know? We laughed, man. Oh, I can believe, yeah. That, <laughs> that would be, fun. That, that would be a funny. frightening thing to encounter on your, on well, your hike. You're in the woods, you don't know they're doing a movie down yeah. the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I that said, is... that'll mess them up. <laughs> we had fun though yeah that was a fun and uh i really liked the episode two where the magogs came on the ship have you mm. seen that one? Oh yeah am i blowing it yeah no i'm with you mm-hmm. i'm with you <laughs> oh that was another thing we did <laughs> you know we had a lot of magog guys who were 
stunt guys. Mm-hmm. But then we had a lot of magogs who were just uh, like the dead body magogs, right? Right. So we'd often <laughs> just pile them up on the side, like three or four or five of them. And then I'd lay in amongst them, and the stunt guy would lay in, and somebody would go by, and we'd get up. <laughs> that was fun. We'd scare the hell out of people. <laughs> Poor Laura. I think she was the brunt of a lot of it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Those were fun things. We had, we, it was a fun crew, a really good crew, and a great cast. I had, you know, nothing but the best. They were really, really uh, a bunch. Yeah, Brent, I, I want to ask you right quick. Uh, I hear tell that there was some uh, hockey played outside of the studio in between shots. Did you get involved in any of that? Some some street hockey? hockey? Some street hockey games. No? Oh, really? I, I wasn't, but I, I couldn't do street hockey in that thing. <laughs> I, did, I, I did a hockey movie. I did Mystery Alaska with Russell Crowe. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I play uh, I play the goaltender on this team we end up playing the New York Rangers in Alaska. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I, I we, personally we, haven't. I've seen the, the, the your credit for it. Oh, uh, it's it's a fun movie. Okay. If you like hockey. Yeah. <laughs> it's Russell Crowe and uh, Burt Reynolds, Hank Azaria, Adam Beach. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a good it cast, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good cast. Scott we, Grimes. Uh, um, that's where I met um, Kevin Duran. You know Kevin Duran? Know the From name. Dark Angel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin and our buddies. He, we shared a trailer together when we did Mystery Alaska for three months. Okay, I mean half. We had what they call a double banger. And we mm-hmm. had each half. That's we became friends. So, <laughs> yeah, I met a lot of good guys on that movie. Yeah, but uh, I did go skateboarding on as Rev. <laughs> One of the makeup girls' son had a skateboard, so we video Rev on a skateboard. <laughs> okay, kind of funny. I don't know where that is. If anybody had a copy of that, or <laughs> that's buried somewhere. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll put a call out for it on the yeah. internet and see if we can come up with that. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. D- down this way, we don't get much by way of hockey. Uh, I'm just tacitly familiar with it because of a, a brother-in-law that enjoys it. Uh, you probably like Mystery Alaska, then. Probably so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was uh, there was one moment that Ethan and I have really wanted to, to ask you about for some time now. In the first season, the episode Harper 2.0. Uh, you yeah. may, may remember, yeah, that's the one where uh, Harper, he has the huge uh, download of of information. Yeah, I remember. And yeah, suddenly he knows thingy. everything, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, a, there's a moment, well, actually there's a lot of moments between, uh, between the two of you in that episode. But one moment in particular that we wanted to ask you about was when, uh, when Harper screams at Rev Bim, something yeah. in the Magog language, and uh, Rev Bim just about comes completely unglued on him. Uh, yeah, what did he say to me? <laughs> yeah, was there was there any discussion behind the scenes about what it was that he was saying? Not really. I mean, uh, because the language, again, here's another thing, is that the language was never, it was not a formal language like on Stargate or, or Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. Where they, the, you know, the, the Klingons have a Klingon language, right? Mm-hmm. There's no Magog language. I made that up. I made it up. Okay. There was mm-hmm. no language for that. The sounds that I make, we there was kind of like a just it just developed that I just made the sound. I invented it. <laughs> like Gord said to me on that episode, "It's your language, man. You're, you you got to make it up." I'm like, <laughs> "I got to make it up." Tell, tell said, me yeah. What so do. what are we going to say? What? So I helped him with the sound, making of the sound, right, a little bit. But I didn't know what he was trying to say okay. because as an actor, I just hear whatever. It would be insulting to me. 
You know? Do you know what I'm saying by that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, yeah. it's not what he's saying, it's what I'm hearing that's causing me to react. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, yeah, you've answered the question. Whatever he was thinking. Yeah, you, you've answered but, the question, and we're, we're disappointed. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, there wasn't anything that he was, you know, uh, I had something in my mind that I heard when he made the sound that caused me to, you know, do what I did. And uh, he was probably thinking something, too, when he was saying the language. But the language wasn't specific. It was not a specific word thing. It was more like, um, we. I kind of went along with more like... Uh, the idea of like an animal making sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's lots of, like some animals, like like even crows. Crows have a, a huge, huge palette of sounds, right, that they use for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of went along that way, you know, because, you know, Rev speaks English. <laughs> right. right. So, so he has that, but if amongst his own people, it's all sort of like sounds, mm, you yeah. know? That and inflections and that kind of stuff and like there's a nice part when uh um I have the baby remember this have you seen that episode I'll blow yeah. for you again yes we have the episode where where oh. they have my children no right. spoilers there mm-hmm. <laughs> my prog- progeny right well there's a thing that little baby is like a robot baby right I can put my hand inside of it and move it and stuff the animatronic oh, yeah okay mm-hmm. and I was cooing to it I don't know if you actually hear it. But in the kind of like in a gurgly cooing kind of noise was for the baby, and and English as well. I think I spoke to it, but but I would coo to it. That might have not made the cut, but <laughs> no, I think it did. I, I do remember mm-hmm. the scene. Uh, we, our comment was that was uh, fun too. That episode, yeah. I think our comment was something along the lines of Magog babies or something. Only their mother or. Yeah, or, or, father, or yeah. father could love. <laughs> Only a father could love. Yeah, <laughs> don't run around long enough to love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's been great talking with you about Andromeda, and I guess to just kind of close this out, uh, I noticed on your Twitter account, um, your description shows you're a writer and an acting coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you enjoy learning guitar. Uh, yeah, I love learning the guitar. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. But uh, I, I would like to ask you what? What do you, you mentioned? You just uh, finished uh, shooting a film. Uh, what else are you yeah, involved in that we could kind of keep an eye out for? Um, this is called Under Fire. A little tiny bit I did once upon a time, just a little blurb at the beginning of the first of this season. What season are they in? I don't know. First of this season, anyway. Um, uh, I don't remember the names or anything. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, and sometimes they change the names. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I did. I just had one on. I think it's called. It was called photographs or photographs or something. But they changed the name of it. I just saw somebody who's talking about it, and they went and changed the name. And I don't know what the new name is. So you know, always doing something. Some, but this is the latest one. It's called Under Fire, okay. and that David directed it. So. Yeah, yeah I had been doing a stint on uh I had been doing a, a stint on a thing called uh One Calls of the Heart. But uh for the last year, last year, but then they went a different direction this year with the characters. And we were our characters went out. So okay. that's gone. We really appreciate uh the time that you've taken to, to talk with us about Andromeda, share a few experiences and and uh yeah. and stories and whatnot. Uh Really appreciate your work 
that, mm-hmm. that you did oh, there you. on the Andromeda series and giving Ryan and I so much to talk about. Rev Bim is, you know, besides Rami and, and, and the, the AI aspect, Rev Bim is pretty much the other character that we like to spend uh, a lot of time discussing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a yeah. Very well, character. He, he was a great character. He had a lot of stuff going on. That was a good bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He's very, it, was a, it, was, it was a fun character to play. I wish I could have done the whole kept going. I didn't really want to leave, but it was a... Yeah. Well, I just, just health issue than to, anything else. To clue you in, uh, we 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 did get to talk with Lisa Ryder, and she Sweet. mentioned that she felt like the show lost a lot when Rev finally did exit the show, and uh, so yeah. I, I, I would say you were missed uh, by the crew there. Well, we all got along. We were like a little family there. I think you get that way when you have a you know work every day with people and it gets tight and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but I did. I missed them too. I, I really didn't want to leave, but again, I had to. I was wearing out. <laughs> yeah, understood. So that was our interview with Brent State, and it was really a joy to be able to talk with him. Um, you know, we wanted to get that interview done and out there for y'all to listen to before we came up on Ouroboros, which uh, I think for a lot of the fan base, for I think from my perspective, and, and even from Ryan's, uh, that's kind of the turning point in the series. And the series takes kind of a different step after that from a storytelling standpoint. But also for the simple fact that, you know, that's Rev Bim's exit. Uh, spoiler alert, sorry if y'all weren't aware of that, but, you know, it's been a few years. <laughs> so anyway, we wanted to get this interview out there uh, because Rev Bim is such a great character, and Brent State really did, as that interview uh, brings out, he, he put a lot of thought into that character, even just some of the nuances of that character. And that's what I really appreciated and uh, took away from that interview with him. So again, to Brent State, thank you very much uh, for agreeing uh, to spend some time with us and to, and to discuss uh, such a, a wonderful character. That's really what this show's about, is exploring these characters and the stories that they tell. And uh, here we've gotten a chance to, to interview Bridge State, and it's been enjoyable. We look forward to getting back to our regular schedule, though, as uh, our next episode is going to be Into the Labyrinth. And Ryan and I look forward to getting together and recording that discussion and then posting it for you here on Drive Back the Night. Uh, you can follow us at Drive Back the Night on the social media on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, that's at Andromeda Pod. We are also on Podbean. We are andromedaseries.podbean.com. Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Leave a, a review or some stars. We'd certainly appreciate it. And uh, finally, I, th- I think I'm getting this all this order all jumbled up. But uh, finally, if you wanted to email us, you can do so at andromedaseries at gmail.com. And, and one last shout-out, too, for Brent State. You can follow him on Twitter as well. He's not terribly active, but you can uh, certainly uh, follow him. He's out there. Uh, again, much thanks to him for the interview, and we look forward to getting back to, to our regular discussions of the Andromeda series. Andromeda series.